On this episode of Mike Up Pot, I bring in a very special guest, the Green Beret, a man who served our country and toured around the world protecting us and allowing our freedom. He now patrols the streets of Southern California as a police officer, continuing his journey to serve and protect his community. His name, Matt Petch. I'm hoping this episode shines some light on what our military personnel and police officers go through as they're putting their life on the line each and every day. This interview was done, by the way, on Instagram Live. I'll be doing more of these in the future. You'll have to follow my Instagram page, Miked Up Pod, for future Instagram Live shows. Until then, enjoy this episode of Matt Petch. My man. What's up, brother? How you doing? What's happening, dude? You good? Doing all right. A little injured, but uh, fighting through it, trying to get back to work. So, what happened? Uh, I got hit by a drunk driver like maybe three and a half months ago while I worked. Jesus. <laughs> wow. Kind of fucked me. Kind of wow. fucked me up, but it's all good. In p- uh, patrol? You were patrolling? Yeah, yeah. I was at work. He ran a red light. Solid red. I mean, I had like eight seconds of green. Jesus, dude. <laughs> ran it. 2.30. He was coming from Sharkies. Go figure. So... How many times have you been to Sharkies? Uh, when I was younger, uh, we used to go all the time. <laughs> <laughs> but never drove home drunk, right? No, uh, especially not that far. Yeah. Uh. Um, so did you have a partner with you at the time or no? No, I was solo. Man, and what happened to you? Where are the injuries? So I had a, So I recently just found out I have four bulging discs in my neck. Uh, I got one bulging disc, my lower back, a fracture down there as well. A tear down there and then a tear in my left hip labrum and what happened to the guy nothing no dude i mean he went to jail but no injuries okay and wh- where yeah. is he now is he still in jail or i don't know no idea i haven't been back to work so i have no idea what's going on with him oh my gosh um <laughs> yeah dude your your job man the complete disrespect that's happening with you and your profession right now is absolutely 100% ridiculous. And we're going to get into that. And it pisses me off, man. Not because, you know, I have a lot of friends who do what you do and you put your, you know, your life on the line and you, do you have kids? Yeah, I have a two year old. You have a two year old daughter, son, 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 boy. And, and you're married. I used to be. And you used to be. Okay. But dude, how many times do you leave the house and you're like, man, I might not make it back every day. It's realistic. If guys don't leave the house thinking that, then they're lackadaisic and they're not in tune with what's going on in the world. Every day I go there, I'm ready to fight for my life and fight for my partner's life because it's a, you never know. You don't go to work like, this is the day I'm going to die. Damn, you know, like every day I'm like, this is the day I could. So Mentally, you're mentally like stupidly strong guy. How do you prepare for that? Like what, what's the prep from that? I mean, definitely had a lot of mental preparation you know, working overseas and stuff like that. Cause you got to get yourself psyched up to leave your family for, you know, six months to 18 months. And then you're going on missions over there. You know, you look at your family's picture before you leave, you got to get in the zone. Like you can't, you know, you're going out and you're, you know you're going to get shot at every single time you go out. So I put that same mindset to police work. Like every time we leave the wire, expect yeah. to get shot at bottom line, expect to get some sort of ambush blown up. You know, <laughs> you're, are you and you're, and you're on the streets? You're patrolling the streets still, huh? Yep. Okay. So you're not in the office. You're out. You're still out there in in the trenches. Yep. Yeah. I didn't know you were hurt. By the way, I was going to ask you what quarantine life is like. But for you, I feel like you're the kind of guy who the quarantine life doesn't change for you. The routine kind of stays the same, right? But how do you? How yeah. are you working out? Are you working out? 
doing everything I can. Um, like, so today, like I just got him, I have a bike right here behind me, just got on that and just did lower body, you know, just kept my legs moving, kept my legs moving, did some leg lifts. Cause right now my hip and my back are good, but I'm trying to get my neck healthy now. Yeah. So <laughs> you never realize how much you use certain muscles until you're injured. <laughs> like shit, I have no idea how much I use this. Totally, man. We take but, uh, everything. Do whatever I can. I don't yeah. care. What it is. I'll, do, I'll do arm circles if I have to. You know. Yeah, yeah. So you were a Green Beret, right? Part of the U.S. Yeah. Army Special Forces. What was yeah. what was exactly your what was your duty? What were you what were you doing? So I was uh, on an ODA, which is Operational Detachment Alpha, and I was the senior engineer on the team. So. We all have different duties on a special forces ODA. We have a weapons guy. We have an engineering and demolitions guy. We have a guy that's good with combo. We have a medic. We have an intel guy. And then we have our leadership. So on the team, I was the engineering demolitions guy. That's where I got the name Charlie One. Charlie One is my call sign. Three Six Charlie One, Three Two Charlie One, and so on. All the different teams I was on over the years. Um, so that's where I got Charlie One from, actually. I'm going to switch gears real quick. There was a good question. How are you sleeping at night with that neck injury? So I was sleeping like shit for like the first, cause this, I got hit three and a half months ago. The neck really didn't start hurting bad until about eight weeks ago. So I was sleeping like shit, but I bought a new pillow that like props your neck up, helps your posture. My pillow? That's, um, no, it's not that one. Something else. I don't even know the name of it. Yeah. Amazon. It was Amazon preferred, you know? Yeah. Like I, yeah. Yeah. And you have if like, if it says Amazon preferred, I'm buying it. You're done. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And then I got like, you know, um, this GB&T sleep that I'm taking from uh, Alpha Elite Performance, and that helps. It's like a melatonin mixture, but it helps with sleep. just helps knock me out a little bit more. Uh, before Good. that, I had sleep sleep problems. So I have like a noise machine. I got like essential oils going. I mean, yeah. it's like zen, zen in there, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> Do you meditate, man? I don't, but I need to. Yeah, you know, I, Everyone keeps telling me I need to. I kind of take like working out with my meditation now that my schedule isn't, my workouts aren't as much as they used to be or as hard as they used to be. I need to find something else. So I actually had a friend send me some stuff yesterday, Nicole. So And you're extremely disciplined, Matt. So let me tell you, when you personally, when you meditate, you're going to find it so fast and easy to get there, like to get in a zone. A lot of people, they, they get distracted and I feel like you're, you can get there quick. So I, I'd look up that, man. I, I use a couple apps. There's one app that I use. It's called Center, C-E-N-T-R. It's by okay. one of those actors. I don't know his name. Like Chris Hemsworth, whatever his name is. One of those guys. Okay, yeah. Dude, it's Four. the best. It is the best. They have everything on there. Workouts, meditation, yoga, all kinds, everything. Like how so, long do you do for? Like 10 minutes, 20 minutes? That's it. 10 minutes, dude. Ten, after my workouts in the morning, and I try to do it at night when I sleep. I sleep like a baby. There's times where I wake up in the morning, and, I'm, and I ask yeah. myself, when did I sleep? You know what I mean? That's like that much of a deep sleep that I'm in, so... Think about it. I could do. I could do that because I, I get on a lacrosse ball and I'm, you know, I roll out for probably like forty five minutes a day. So I can Easy. I can do ten minutes of meditation. Easy. You know? Easy. Yeah. Hey, how many tours did you do? So I did uh, four combat tours. I did five non combat tours. Um, so did one to Iraq, three to Afghanistan. Worked in like Bangladesh, Northern Africa, uh, Southeast Asia, stuff like that. So insane, dude. Fun, uh, fun, fun trips, you know? If, was there ever a time when you were overseas and there was something you didn't want to do, but you had to do it? No, I can't say so, to be honest. I mean, like, unless it was like guard duty or some shit where I had to like not go on missions. Mm. So <laughs> actually, you're like, actually, yeah, yeah. Let me do yeah, shit. yeah. I got stuck doing some like, some like higher level training where we had to like teach them how to plan. I got stuck doing that for a couple months on my last trip, actually, because I was a little more senior. And I wanted the younger guys to get out that hadn't deployed before. So I, you know, I volunteered for it because I'd, I'd had some fun. I'd been on multiple trips 
And I did not want to do that. You know, I sit in a classroom with these guys, teach them how to, you know, draw and stuff like that Thanks. with an interpreter. Like, it was just, it was, it yeah. wasn't for me. Plank I'm more of a, you know, hit a hammer, hit a tire with a hammer kind of guy. Yeah. That, that, that's wasted talent, dude. That's like you playing Pictionary <laughs> out there. That's, that's not going to work out. You know? yeah. Have you ever been shot at or, or have you ever been shot? Oh, yeah, I've been shot at a lot. Not shot personally, but I've been shot at a lot, a lot of close calls. I mean, anybody that's overseas is going to have mm-hmm. tons of close calls, get shot at a ton of times. Um, I got hit in my back plate in 2009, knocked me on my ass, but I was good to go. You know, like, was it my time? I'm a big believer in speed, you know, like training, like uh, sprints and stuff like that. So being able to move from cover to cover, you know, go get your guy, drag him when he's been shot, use that power, use your speed to help you get uh, to safety, help you stay. Mm-hmm. So a good buddy of mine, John, won't say his last name, but because he's still in, but he used, to, he used to always preach to me like, it's because I'm fast. I'm yeah. like, all right, uh, that's why I don't get shot. I'm fast. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get fast then. Uh, uh, what about serious injuries? Yeah, I've had, a, I've had a couple decent injuries. In 2009, again, I was taking a detainee out of a, a building that we hit, escorting him to the vehicles, and he threw himself over like a little cliff. He had His house was like on top of this mountain. Threw himself like over this little cliff, and I was under night vision, and I just I toppled with him like 25 feet down this cliff. Mm. Broke, broke my wrist, concussion, a couple stitches. I landed on him, though, so I was good to go. He broke my fall. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So did you get yeah. did you get hurt? Or just your broken wrist and, and that sort of thing. That's it. Nothing. And then uh, 2011, I I we had a bad helicopter landing and mm. I tore like tore my knee. It was in the beginning of the deployment too, so I had to go six months with a torn knee. But that's it. Nothing super serious, you know. Like I, I've been blown up. I've had head injuries, but you know, at the time they don't bother you. They start to bother you once you hit your mid 30s and you're you're out. <laughs> and that stuff you have to just work through, right? Like you're still you're still at your job working when you have those injuries. Yeah, I mean, you can you can get casted up if you want and and take take a seat on the sidelines, but you know, every day is the Super Bowl over there for me. Yeah. So I want to I want to play. Bottom yeah. line, if my if my guys are out playing ball, I want to play ball because if something happens to them and I'm on the base, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. You yeah, know? right. Any of your brother and sisters get get killed in front of you? Yeah, yeah. I got a, I got a wrist with a bunch of them on here, mm-hmm. um, but you know, it's part of the game. And then I when I look back on it, like I wouldn't have wanted to go any other way. Like, I don't want to be an old man dying in my bed of cancer. You know, like, if I want to go, I, I, would, I wish I would have went, like, you know, gloriously for my country, for my people, for my family. Um, it's not the case, and I'm not mad about it. You know, don't get me wrong. But I know they would be happy that, you know, they did everything they could and, you know, paid the ultimate sacrifice. What about PTSD? Do you deal with that today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, huge advocate for it, too. You know, up until this year, actually, I wouldn't talk about it. So went through my whole life, like guys, guys are weak because they talk about, you know, their feelings and they're scared and this and that. PTSD comes in different forms, you know, like I don't, I don't hide under tables and shit like that. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't get like angry, but I sleep like shit. I get night terrors. I get all, man, I got all sorts of different like sleep disorders, but I see a therapist, you know, I'm open about it. You know, I, I think it's, uh, it's a huge problem for men to admit when they have issues, specifically military men, um, even going up to special forces, you know, like a lot of guys won't admit it. And a lot of the guys I work with, Tom Angel over at the Kensington Corner Fire for Effect, his podcast, they are advocates for, you know, defeat, defeating the stigma. A couple other guys, I, I just posted a bunch of stuff last night, actually, about PTSD and definitely a huge advocate for it. Guys need to talk about their shit because if they don't, it gets bottled up and we have the highest suicide rate. And that's the last thing that, you know, we want. 
So. Dude, 100%. I, I, I've done nothing close to what you've done in your life, but there's stuff that we're just sometimes insecure about or stuff that bothers us. And when we yeah. bottle that stuff up, it's worse. It's times 10. So if you talk about that with somebody, it's it helps, man. It really, really does. Like It, it helps. Yeah. So, so much better. Up. Dude, it's incredible. And all those years, I was the same way. I just kind of held things back. And I was like, no, I got too big of a pride. I got my ego to worry about. I don't want to talk to you yeah. about my issues, right? I don't have any mm-hmm. issues. I'm a... I'm a Fuck, I'm Superman, right? But you're right, dude. It feels and listen, dude. Try to meditate, man. That stuff will help. It'll help. It'll help the cause for sure. Awesome, definitely. This is like the third person in like three days, so I'm gonna have to give it a shot tomorrow. I'm gonna get that uh, app you talked about. So yeah, I'll send you the link too. I'll send you the link. Please, thank you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, now with all of that, all the the tours that you've done, all over the all over the world that you've gone. You've protected us. You've allowed us to be free. And it's men and women like you who do this, man, every day. And you guys, you don't get enough credit for what you do. What is the feeling like when you see athletes kneel for the anthem? You know, uh, for me, it doesn't really bother me none. I fought for their right to have their, to do whatever they want, you know, to, to kneel. I fought for their freedom of speech. And if that's how they want to express themselves, that's fine. Will I do it? No, it's not my thing, you know, and I have... Nothing against it. That's fine. My son, he'll be raised not to do that either. Mm-hmm. I will stand for the flag. I cry for the national anthem every single time. Right. I literally stood at a Kings game in the middle of the ice as a hero of the night, you know, saluting my flag with tears coming down my eyes mm-hmm. in front of, you know, thousands of people. Every time I hear that, it makes me super emotional because I realize, you know, all the things I've done for it. Like, I always looked at the flag. I don't know. Like, we went, we got through schools where, they make you think like, you know, it's the end. And, you know, our country's always been there for me, at least. It's his freedom of speech. You can do what you want. I will not, nor will my son. And that's just what it is for me. You give me the chills, bro. I almost cried. Need to yeah. knock that off. I was probably at that Kings game, by the way. I've had season tickets for a while. I was probably at that game. Wish I knew you awesome. back then, man. That's... It, was a, it, was a, it was a cool experience, man. I was sitting right there with Jonathan Quake behind me. Yeah. Who sang the anthem that night? Do you remember? I don't. That was a while back. Yeah. I could probably look at the date on uh, the picture I have. But yeah. That was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I was just like transitioning out. So Good for it was you, fun. Man. That's awesome. When did the thought for you to serve your country come in mind for you? So, I mean, it wasn't something on my mind like growing up. You know, I, I get a lot of these a lot of these kids that follow me. They're in like, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th grade or in college. And they're like, yeah, man, I'm just getting ready. You know, that's what I want to do with the rest of my life. I'm like, wow. Like, for me, like I had no options really. Like mm. I couldn't afford college. I wasn't, you know, a straight A student getting scholarships. I didn't have the drive I have now. That's for sure. I'll tell you that. Um, so like it was kind of like a last second resort talking with a, you know, family friend and they kind of talked me into it. And I was like, all right, you know, I grew up like shooting guns and, you know, both my uncle and grandfather, the biggest, uh, two of the three biggest male figures in my uh, family, kind of, they were in the military. So, I was like, all right, you know, I guess let's do this and joined and then slowly but steadily started, you know, just liking it more and wanting to go higher and higher and higher until I got to where I was. I feel like you're a guy who kind of fell in love with it right away, no? Yeah, I really did. You know, I, my second time being on an airplane ever, I was jumping out of it and that adrenaline, that adrenaline was so awesome. You have a true love for the country, obviously, uh, with what's going on today. Is that love the same or has it changed? Has it shifted a little bit? Has the barometer changed at all? I love this country, always will, with all my heart. My father's side, you know, they're, they're immigrants from Mexico. They came here, and we have 100 
130, about to be 130 of us here in Southern California, almost alone from, you know, my grandmother and my grandfather who immigrated here. They had my grandmother had 13 kids and we all live a good life. You know, we're all hard workers. We all live a good life. And I can't be more thankful for that. There's always going to be people who hate things and always be people who breed hate. But I try to stay positive with all of it because if I'm not positive, my kid's going to see that and feel my energy and he's not going to be positive. One thing I like always point out, you know, is like, you know, people may disagree with whoever the president is. That's fine. You know, um, when I was in the military, I, didn't, I, I had no choice. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I worked under three or two different presidents, uh, three actually. And maybe I didn't like one. Maybe I did, you know. No matter what, that was my commander in chief. He was the guy in charge of this country, and I was going to back him as much as possible. Because if we if we can't back him, you know, you know, it is what it is. Yeah. You know, that's why we have the right to vote. And if guys don't get out there and don't vote and then complain about it, you mm-hmm. know, exactly. Come on, man. You know what I was thinking the other day was remember when we were kids and the president of the United States really didn't mean anything to us, right? We were just mm-hmm. going about our life, and it wasn't as intense as it is today. And the country seems and feels really, really, really divided. How would you bring that division together? Hey, if you've enjoyed this episode so far, please subscribe to my podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Remember, I'll be doing more shows on Instagram Live, so you have to follow my Instagram page at MikeDuppod for future shows. For now, enjoy the rest of this one. I don't know. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to start just with each individual family. I mean, my family, I wouldn't say we're divided, but we have different views. That's for sure, you know, and we all appreciate that. You know, we all, our grandparents came here to give us that right. You know, our great grandparents, you know, when it comes down to it, we're all immigrants. We all came here, you know, for that. It's just going to come down to, I don't know, I'm going to raise my son how I raise him yeah. and hope that he's a, he's a good man, a loving man that doesn't preach hate, doesn't, you know, hate others, gives everybody the benefit of the doubt and obviously is ready to defend himself at any cost. That's the thing, man. We're all born the same way. We all come out the same way. So yeah. we make our decisions, right? They, you know, you guys aren't out arresting seven-year-olds. There's a reason why things are happening. You're out to protect and to serve. So you know, to, to put the blame on, on those who are supposedly getting you know, the, the wrong half of the stick, however way you want to put it, it's like, man, you decided to do that, right? You're putting that decision, that, that's your decision that you made and if you're going to resist anything, especially a police officer who's trying to protect and serve his community, you know, it's probably going to turn out ugly. Yeah, absolutely. Do you feel like police officers are prepped and ready after they're done uh, with their training? I mean, it, obviously being out there and handling calls and getting put in situations is going to be the best training you get. It's just like in the army, you take guys out of basic training and then you put them through, you know, their job training and then you send them overseas. I mean, do you think they're ready? It's mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes on-the-job training. I wasn't the best Green Beret in my 15 years until I was on that last day of my 15 years. That was mm-hmm. the best Green Beret I was, you know? So you're only going to get better the longer you're in. And it's going to be based on your mentors, too. You know, what guys are training you? What guys are you around? Are they breeding to be lazy? Are they saying be hard workers? Are they saying take pride in your job? Are they correcting you when you do something wrong? I know my department, we, tra- we train our guys well very well. And we're, we're small, so we could do that, you know? So I, I understand larger departments, they have a little bit more difficulty doing that, you know, money and having enough people to come in and train with skill sets. But it comes down to superior guys training younger guys and just keeping that training going. And guys got to train themselves. You know, if, mm-hmm. I've been training jujitsu for like 15 years on and off. I've been doing Muay Thai 15 years on and off. Um, and been, you know, staying physically fit since I joined the military. 
So when I get out there, I feel comfortable. You know, I don't have to be some macho dude who, you know, tries to make somebody look stupid with, you know, whatever they want to. But it definitely comes down to, you know, each department is different. Each guy's different. You know, hopefully I preach with my guys to seek more training. I'm a defensive tactics instructor. So I always tell guys, like, hey, try to get in there. Maybe just try some jujitsu or some judo or whatever, Krav Maga, whatever it is, you know, like get out there and try it out at least and see if it's for you. That's about it. Though. Talking about defensive tactics, I, I spoke to six different cops a couple of weeks ago. It was right after the, the George Floyd situation. And I talked to them individually because I wanted to get their opinion to see if it was consistent with each one. And every yeah. single one of them, Matt, said the same exact thing. They said his tactics were awful. And the three other guys that were with him were awful. And one of my buddies is a big guy. He's 6'5", 300 pounds, right? He's, he's part of the sheriff department. And he said that one time he went up to a kid and he was going to cite him for something. And he happened to be African-American. My buddy, who's a sheriff, is African-American. So he goes up to him and he tells him, dude, knock that shit off. We're going to cite you for so-and-so. And the, and, and the kid tells my buddy... What are you picking on me for, bro? We're both black. Leave me alone, right? So he he had enough. He grabbed him by the by the collars and put him up to this car. And he says, "What'd you tell me?" And he got tapped out, dude. One of his his partner, thank God, was there. Tapped him out and told him he's like, "Hey, dude, don't. I got this one. Don't worry." And he was in a zone, right? He was like in this, mm-hmm. in this certain zone where you couldn't get out of it. And he's he who knows what kind of day he was having. And it's the same freaking situation with this guy in Minnesota. It's. The guy was in, it felt like he was in like tunnel vision. He was somewhere else. He wasn't with us. But the other three guys with him could have easily tapped him out, right? And got him out of that situation. What, what are your thoughts on that? No, I mean, Ed, that's like where your buddy there. That's great. We do that all the time. You know, all the time, we, you got to realize what's going on around you. Yeah, we get heated. You never know what call an officer came from before he contacts you. Right. I could have just rushed a baby to the hospital and watched a two-year-old die. Now I got to go handle a call where a six-year-old girl got raped and I got to take my tone down and ask her difficult questions. And then after that, I got to go to a party call where I got some smart ass 20 year old talking shit to me because I'm asking him to turn his music down because the 80 year old that lives next to him is trying to go to sleep. So you never know where a guy's coming from. You know, you never know what they had to do that day, what they had to do the day before. And that's something that people never realize, you know, and yeah, nobody's perfect. Nobody's perfect. Not every profession. Nobody's perfect. In the military, now there's shit bags everywhere in the military. I'll say it. Mm-hmm. I don't even. I can't remember the other question. <laughs> well, <laughs> but, the ta- their tactics, like the guy's tactics, and went in that situation. Yeah, so, like, what what was wrong? As far as about tactics that? go, like yeah. I, I know my my department. We're, as soon as we get somebody to handcuffs, we usually you know stand them up or sit them up, you know, a specific way. Get them in the back of a car, and then that's it. Now right. we can control the. Now we can control the scene. Um, I don't know exactly what was happening because I haven't watched the video. I, I'm up, I refuse to you because I don't like watching like stuff like mm-hmm. that. You know, I've seen enough violence in my life, mm-hmm. and I will see more. But the only reason I could see somebody like keeping someone on the ground is if people were coming at him. You know, obviously I got to keep ready. But from what I understand, this guy had his hands in his pockets. You know, so it seems like they probably could have stood him up and put him in a car. But I don't know. You know, it's hindsight 2020. But you know what's unfortunate is that, in my opinion, at least, I think the media is is the devil. And they they can 100%. they can portray all of the sheep all day long, and I, I try to stay away from it, but it's always in our face, so it's hard to stay away from it. So whatever they say, Everywhere. yeah, man. So whatever they say is kind of the way the country's going to go. It's unfortunate that one cop or four cops, however you want to put it, in Minnesota, gives the rest of the police 
force around the country a bad name. Now, why is that fair? I can say it like this. I can bring up 9-11, right? And I can say that that the you know Muslims went and they flew into the, to the Twin Towers in New York. Does that mean that all Muslims are bad? No, of course not. So why is it the same for the police? Why is it the same way? Why 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 is one or four portraying all of the police? It's just hate, man. Bottom line, like when it comes down to it, it's so easy to post something and have thousands of people see it, hundreds of people, millions of people for these media outlets, for these celebrities, you know, and they have all these kids. And real or fake, Matt, they put up bullshit all day long too, right? You see stuff like on social media that people just randomly put that's five years old, but supposedly it happened last week. Like, really? It's, and it's just ridiculous. I laugh at it. And then that's why, I mean, last night I tried to post a bunch of stuff because this is a PTSD awareness month. I wanted to Mm -hmm. post a bunch of stuff and change. I wanted to change the feed because I was getting so sick of seeing the same shit Mm -hmm. on the feed. It just... Mm -hmm. When I keep scrolling through and I keep building up this anger inside of me, I know it's time It's time to either put it down or try to change it. And I wasn't going to put it down and walk away. I wanted to change the feed. This is National PTSD Awareness Month, and I wanted to make sure people knew that. Yeah, good. I noticed you put that picture up. I think it was on your story, right, that you stand with the Atlanta PD. They now walked away. At least the, the department kind of walked away, and they kind of put their hands up and said, no thanks. Yeah. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I've just been saying, I've been saying whatever I see on you know social media and like news outlets. Sometimes you got to stand for what you believe in, right? That's what everyone else is doing. Yeah, So exactly. You know what would be fun? If those who want to defund the police, I give them one day on the streets. Give them one day. And let them go and see what's out there. And let them go protect and serve when they're you know, either rioting or looting or protesting. If they can survive that one day, then, then, then I'd, I'd, I'd say you'd be able to defund the police. But when, uh, when these politicians are being protected by the police department 24-7, them and their families, and they wanted to fund the police but not themselves, they're still going to be protected. Come on, man. That That is bullshit. Yeah, t- t- top flat security guards of the world, Craig. <laughs> you know? Remember on Friday? Yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's what they're going to get. They're going to get security guards, you know? Like, and people who join the profession I'm in truly care or they wouldn't be there. I have a master's degree in public policy. I can go work wherever I want with 15 years of military experience, special forces. But I choose to be out here on the street helping people in my community. I have family in that community. I have friends in that community and the surrounding communities. Um, a lot of the guys I work with, they're the same way. They have friends and family in the surrounding area, you know, and we choose to be out there and try to make a difference. It's sad, man, because I don't know what's going to happen in the future with this whole defunding police department stuff and who the hell wants to be a cop anyways going forward, right? <laughs> that's 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 a tough part that... This is going to truly affect guys coming in now, getting quality recruits, getting guys who still believe in what we believe in, you know, because social media can change people. It really can. Like the media can change people's opinion as we see, you know, so I really hope guys are still willing to come out here and do do what's good for the community, fight the good fight. Let's let's switch some good stuff. You're you're an extremely motivating guy. I think a lot of self-motivation for you, right? What keeps you motivated? What keeps you center? What keeps you going every day? You know, my, my son is like, and it's, it's only been for, you know, a couple years up. He's two and a half. He is my biggest motivator, like doing everything I can to make sure he has a bright future with me. So my training, you know, I have to train as hard as possible to stay physically fit, mentally fit. That's why I seek therapists. You know, that's why I have a life coach. Um, they set me on the right path, you know, and I can't be a good dad without any of that. 
And that's what motivates me, you know, being there for my family. Um, I grew up with, you know, almost nothing. Like, you know, yeah, I had clothing, I had food, and I had a roof over my head. And that's why I tell kids a lot when I'm at work. You got those three things, it's up to you to do the rest. You can't hate your parents for giving you the basics. You know, yeah. you know, your life is what your life is. But if you have those three, you can do whatever you want. It's really up to you. So I just want to make sure, you know, I give him a good life and just enjoy the rest of mine. You know, it's bad. I, I didn't have the twenties that, you know, a lot of other people had. So I want to, I want to enjoy my life now. Yeah, um, for sure, man. Were you motivated like this prior to your, prior to your kid though, prior to your son? You know, I was always like, uh, motivated to do good. Yes. Motivated to be successful because neither of my parents graduated from high school. So like I wanted to be a example for my siblings. I have three younger siblings, you know, and I have two nephews and a niece and I've, I have a lot more than that. You know, I have, you know, cousins and I wanted to be the example for them. That's one of the main reasons while I was overseas, I was getting my bachelor's degree because, you know, did I need it at the time? No, not really. Like I was already in like the career I wanted for the rest of my life, you know? Um, and then when I got out, I was like, I'm gonna get a master's degree just because I wanted to show them that you can go to the military, you can get an education, doesn't matter what it is, you can do it all. And, you know, I, I own a restaurant out here now. Like I, nice. I, I try to do a little bit of everything, you know, and I, I work with like hard to kill fitness and different companies now like Virtus Outdoors. And I'm just trying to dabble in everything and just do as much as I can because I, I enjoy working. I enjoy being out there and setting the example for them so they can they can work for a clothing company, a fitness company, public yeah. policy, you know, do whatever they want to do. So, what did what did your parents do? Your, your dad served, right? He was in the military. What did your mom do? No, my dad didn't serve. Uh, my oh. grandfather and my uncle, uncle. served. Got it. My, my dad works in the automotive industry. Uh, my mom's stay-at-home mom. Cool. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, you, back to your restaurant, what kind of food? It's like a gastropub style, like, you know, like California gastropubs. So we got a little bit of everything. We got pizzas, salads. So Do you want to say where it is? Hamachi. What, yeah, it's uh, Hermosa Beach, California. It's called Greenbelt. Uh, I'm a small part. I'm a small partner, but yeah, everything man. from from that restaurant goes to my son, which is pretty cool. It all goes into his funds, so no I make way. no money off it. It all goes for his college fund. So. Wow, that is freaking amazing, man! That is awesome. I'm gonna check you guys out. I'm gonna take some friends. We're gonna head up there and and uh, you, check that part out. Yeah, for sure. Appreciate it. Look, I want to get back to uh, like your mindset because it's hard to get people up and going and motivated each and every day. So you are cut from a different cloth. How did you get there? And probably just experiences. I also had good mentors over the years. A lot of the guys that mentored me, like I came, I came into special forces when I was, fuck, I graduated the course when I was 21 years old. The average age was like 33 at the time. So I was the youngest guy forever. And I had a lot of these older guys who were mentors had been around the block quite a few times they always did good by me. You know, like after I got back from Iraq in 2008, I had all this tax-free money. You know, I didn't have any mortgage. I had no kids. One of my buddies literally made me create an account and he had me put 75% of the money I made in Iraq into a CD and said, you're not going to spend that. He's like, you need to save that so you can buy a house one day or invest it in this. Having good mentors is huge. That's why like, whenever I get like a young guy anywhere, it could be on the streets, it could be through a family friend, it could be at work, whatever, like, just trying to set, be a good example and, you know, just uh, show these guys, you know, the right path. You know, I always preach to guys like, hey, save up, try to buy a house, you know, like get your investments lined up, you know, um, always strive to do better when, when it comes to work, whatever it is. I don't care if, you know, you're a grocery clerk, try to be a manager, like whatever. Yeah. Just always strive to be better 
you can always be better. We can always improve every single day. It's so true, man. When I was growing up, I always had older friends too, because I don't know why I just, I just did. And I didn't know at the time what was happening, but I know now I was learning a lot from those guys and it wasn't, it was kind of on an indirect basis. It wasn't like I was trying to, you know, feed stuff. I was 15, 16 years old. So, but it made a huge difference and it's so true. And even today I can be friends with somebody, but it doesn't mean I have to take their advice if, if they're not on the same learning levels. You know what I mean? So it's, yeah, absolutely. It's, it's so true to be around those that you can learn from and, and, and get better each and every day and try to win every day. You work out like a madman, but what are your eating habits like? So I change them constantly. I'm constantly like testing new things. Earlier in the year, I just gave up, you know, beef and chicken just to see how my body would react. And I actually had a great reaction. I started bringing turkey and chicken back into my diet and I kind of don't eat that much beef anymore because I have digestive issues and it kind of makes me like sleepy all the time. Mm. So I kind of read this book called the, the blood type diet and got some information from it, but I didn't take the whole thing. You know, I take a little bit here and there, but I try to eat, you know, high protein, high carb meals, try to have my greens. You know, I take certain supplements like vitamins and stuff like that constantly daily. No real fast food. I like pizza. I'll eat pizza. I like beer. I'll drink beer, but I got to punish myself a little bit when, when I have those, uh, those days, you know? Yeah, man. I mean, for me, dude, if I, I can be good for like Monday through Friday and I go crazy on the weekends and I got this big fat gut, you've got like 12 like muscles down there and like in your stomach area. How do you, how do you keep that up? Oh dude, I got a quarantine body right now, bro. <laughs> dude, so those are all old <laughs> pictures you're putting up on the, on Instagram right now. Are you, are you catfishing us, dude? Is that what you're doing? <laughs> No, like, I mean, a lot of it's genetics and a lot of it's just, you know, just continuing to train. No matter what, every day I I wake up, I don't care how how long my training is. It could be 15 minutes. It could be an hour and 15 minutes. It could be two hours and 15 minutes. No matter what, I stay consistent in my training. That way I can enjoy what I want when I want it. I can have cheat days. So staying consistent is great. You know, I I train seven days a week for the most part. And it could be just 10 minutes on Sunday of stretching. I I consider that training, you know. I'm just, I'm getting the blood flow, getting moving. And then I'm, you know, I'm not sitting there doing bicep curls and bench press every day. You yeah. know, you know I, I prefer, you know, I getting out there and doing like some high endurance stuff. For sure, dude. I, I do my hit training like six, seven days a week. And it's all in that center app, by the way. They have these programs set up for 90 days. And that alone, I think you would love that too, by the way. So you can yeah. check that out. Uh, without sports, I'm a big sports geek. And without sports, I had no choice but to dip, pick up different things and different hobbies. For the first time ever, I'm reading books, dude. <laughs> I hate reading nice. books. I would like sit there and, and, and I'd read half a page and I'd be wandering somewhere else. And, and for some weird reason, I'm like in these books and really paying attention to myself. Do you read? And if, if you are, what are you reading right now? You know, I, I don't read as much as I used to. After I finished school, I was like, oh, I'm never reading another book. I listen to a lot of podcasts now. I am reading a book by Remy Adeleke, but I have it on uh, audio, audio book. You know, he's a Navy SEAL. Um, I heard his story on another podcast and uh, liked his story. So I'm listening to his audio book, which is pretty much like listening to a podcast. Though. Yeah. That's, kind of, that's kind of my thing. Now I have a morning routine. You know, I get up, you know, get my pre-workout, you know, get my notebook out, start writing my tasks for the day. Um, throw on a podcast and just listen. So, and you're still doing some like lower body stuff. Is it, is that every day? Yeah. Yeah. Every day, every day I'm training something, whatever it doesn't hurt. That's pretty much what the doctor said. If it doesn't hurt, you're good. Nice. You know? But yeah. I gotta, I gotta do a lot of time on my back with like, you know, lacrosse balls and stuff like that throughout the day just to loosen things up. Ever tried cry- uh, cryotherapy? Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Um, I think they just opened back up too. So I'm yeah. going to start going to that weekly now because yeah. they were closed. They were closed during all this. 
which I was like, I don't know why, because yeah. I feel like you would freeze the coronavirus. <laughs> totally. And even in a sauna, dude, you'd probably kill the thing in a sauna too, right? Yeah. Yeah. What about cold showers? You take cold showers? Only when I don't have enough time to let it warm up. Yeah. Okay. Dude, that, I love cold showers, man. Morning yeah. cold showers get you going. That's all for me, dude. I've, if there's any questions in the, uh, in the room here, we can, we can ask those questions. Um, yeah, a bunch of your dudes are just roasting the shit out of you right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I, I keep so peeking down on my I dog should, guy. I, I, I should probably not ask these guys if they, if they want any questions. Of course, Nash comes out with golden showers instead of cold showers. So I figured that was coming, right? Yeah. Yep. Uh, when you are back at this thing, dude, I would love to do a workout with you. Cool. Absolutely, brother. Anytime, yeah. man. That would be sick. Yeah. That would be sick. I'll bring my own porta potty so I don't throw up in your toilets. But <laughs> I mean, whatever, dude. Right? You know? I mean, we'll just we'll just go to the beach so you can dig a hole. <laughs> Perfect. There you go. Hey, yeah, that's like, usually where I like to do a lot of my first workouts. I guess uh, <laughs> let's dig a hole. So. You know, the question there was a question actually. Well, he says, "How does one become operational?" Uh, uh, I think he's he's being a dick. Yeah, forget it. <laughs> forget it. Uh, you, you know, you, actually, you keep training. That's a, he, he needs to become operational. <laughs> a couple of people asked about faith. What's faith like for you? You believe in superior? Yeah, absolutely. I got a picture of Odin. Yeah, you know, on my arm here. So he stands for a higher, higher power. I definitely believe in a higher power. Yeah. I don't really, you know, I have my own beliefs when it comes to like church and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but definitely believe in a higher power. Man, I can't thank you enough. What you do and, and, and the rest of the, the military and um, what you do on the streets patrolling, dude, you're the best, man. I, I love you guys. Uh, I will always have love for you guys. Uh, we, we take you guys for granted, and it's it's not cool. It's not right. I don't know, man. I, I'm lost for words. My brother-in-law actually served as well. I've got friends who have served. I've got a bunch of police officer friends, and they don't, people just do not realize what those two professions go through every single day. And yeah, no idea. Yeah, man. And it just sucks. It, it sucks. And how do you get to them? It's, it's hard. They just don't get it. They just don't understand it. So yeah, come on a ride along. Exactly. We'll exactly. Exactly. My man, I can't thank you enough. Keep in touch. Yeah, you're, bro. you're awesome. And, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to check out your restaurant and then when you get back healthy, dude, I'm going to hit you up and we're going to do a workout together. Absolutely, brother. I yeah. appreciate you having me on, man. Great conversation. Thank yeah, you man. so much for, for everything you said. Thank you. No problem, dude. Get get well, dude. Get well. Get I healthy. Appreciate it. All right, Thank bro. you. Hopefully that shine a bright light and a reminder in what these men and women go through every day. What I have a problem with is when you hear a story like that, and if he was working the protests, and he probably would have if he wasn't hurt because he got hit by a drunk driver... But if he was working the protests or trying to protect those businesses from the riots or looting, they would have hated him. But they don't know his story. See, that, that's what I have a problem with. Nobody knows these guys' story, but they hate him because he's wearing a blue uniform and he has a badge and he's carrying a gun. The country is turning this little tide and, it's, and it's, it's really divided and it's not fun. It's not fun to live through. It's not fun to watch the media every day because it's in your face. It's not fun. And we're going after the wrong people. This is the problem. If the media didn't broadcast most of this stuff and put hate in your eyes every day and brainwash you every day, we wouldn't be this way. We wouldn't be as divided. So we're going after the wrong people. We're putting... We're putting we're going after those who are protecting us and our families and our country. 
these are the wrong people to go after. <laughs> it's just like, who's the first person you're going to call when you get robbed? The Ghostbusters? So check yourself and probably your temperature. Uh, don't allow one police officer to determine the rest of them, please. I'm sure plenty of cops would love to take you on a ride along like Matt mentioned in the show. Just be prepped to bring a change of clothes for all the times you probably piss in your pants. Remember a story from, from another friend. She was on a chase and she was in the front line of the chase and the there was a driver and a passenger and the passenger was out of his vehicle and he was shooting at the cops and she was in the front. She didn't get hurt, but I saw her a couple weeks after that incident. She was on the news and everything. And I asked her, I said, how bad did you want to put a bullet through that guy's forehead? And she says, actually, I, I didn't. I just want to make sure that he was in a safe area. We secured him, handcuffed him, and put him in jail. And I, I was in awe. I was shocked. I couldn't believe it. And I said, you got to be kidding me. Like, there's nobody around. You know, why don't you just tell me what you feel? And she's like, no, no, this, that's the truth. That's not what we're, that's not why we're hired. That's not what we do. We don't want to go out and just kill bad people. You know, they feel like all people deserve to live. And maybe at that time, in that moment, that person that's trying to kill her in that chase is going through something different. He's got psychological issues and maybe they can fix it. That's their mentality, man. They don't want to kill everybody. They don't care about your color. <laughs> they like good people and they don't like bad people. And when they get bad people, they most likely take them to jail. And, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a bad perception and it's, it's just not cool because I know what they go through and I hear stories all the time and it's not cool that we're putting them down. It's not how this country was built. We don't do it this way. Man, that felt good. Remember if, uh, if you'd like to watch my future Instagram shows, please follow Mike up pod on my, uh, Instagram page. I'm going to be doing more of those. That was a lot of fun. And uh, by the way, who else is a heck of a follow is Matt Petch. That dude is awesome, man. I really enjoyed my conversation with him. He's got a really, really good Instagram page. It's at the operational athlete on Instagram. The operational athlete on Instagram. He's also the lead advisor for hard to kill fitness. And they train for the military and first responders really cool that link will take you to that page their instagram hard to kill fitness uh, if you go on matt's instagram page the operational athlete it'll take you there as well also if you're in the southern california area go check out his restaurant green belt in hermosa california i will be there i will definitely check that out and i'm looking forward to our workout too i'm going to try to uh, maybe video that and um, if i throw up we'll put that on there too who knows uh, I, i'm in somewhat decent shape but that dude trains in a different level in a different way so uh, that'll that'll be fun. That's it for me. Thanks again to Matt for coming on and being open and real and passionate and giving and the rest of our heroes. We love you. We love this country. May God continue to bless you and this country. Until next time, I am Mike Gabriel. This is Mike the Pod. Remember, no wasted days. Let's go.